Hello, hola, and idahanya niduhenyu. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 19th episode of the Naturally Ever After podcast. My name is Nidia Guiti, and by profession, I am a licensed clinical social worker. In this podcast, I share tips on how to build confidence as you transition and maintain your natural hair by way of sharing my own story and lessons that I've learned along the way in my own natural hair journey. I firmly believe that mindset and perspective shifts how we think and feel about ourselves. So, hey, y'all, it's been a while. How you been? What's new? Ah, Well, since I'm asking you, I'll share what's new and how I've been since the last time I released an episode. So this past Wednesday, I got my hair braided and it is the first time in my life, in my life that I've had um, purple extensions in my hair and I like it. I think it's a fun, spicy look, and I'm going to record a podcast episode about what this journey and experience has been like at this phase in life, because it's also not only the first time that I've had colored braids, but it's also the, the first time that I've worn colored braids to work. I think that the field where I work at this time, which is the psychedelic psychotherapy space, and I'm sure we'll have more podcast episodes about that in the future is more forgiving than traditional uh, mental health settings like outpatient mental health clinics or maybe hospital settings. But even that, to an extent, is changing. Um, so yeah, I've I've been enjoying the extensions. I've been enjoying the color. I've been enjoying leaning into the feelings of discomfort. Um, one of the things in your natural hair journey that I feel like these purple braids are teaching me, but I've had experiences like this in the past a lot of times where you think about doing something and you hesitate before you do it. Um, and I'll give an example and I'll share more examples when I record sp- this specific podcast episode as it relates to these purple braids. But um, I remember getting dressed for work and thinking I should dress up more to kind of balance out the fact that my hair is purple. Like, why am I even thinking this? But I'm sure, I trust that if I'm having this thought, you've also had this thought at some point in your natural hair journey as you are either experimenting with new natural hairstyles or even protective styling or trying a style in protective styling that may not fit um, the status quo. Bless So that's work. Um, Since our last episode or since episode 18, my sister gave birth to my nephew, which I'm so excited about. Um, Little Nikki or Nicholas Deshaun Pickett Jr. Um, He is doing well. He turned a month old on August, no, September 11th. So that's what's been going on with me. I am excited for you to listen to the gems in this new podcast with my friend from high school, Renee Donahue. We talk about maternal mental health, locks, and patience. Lots and lots of patience. Enjoy the episode. Hey, Renee. Hey. How I'm happy to be here. I'm, I'm good. I'm doing great. So tell the people how we know one another. 
So I met Nydia in a summer bridge program, um, this little program we have prior to high school to help us get, uh, you know, acclimated with our little academics. Um, yeah, and the rest is history, you know, we went through high school together, graduated, and here we are. So I have not thought about the summer bridge program in a really, really, really long time. So like what comes to mind, like when I heard you say the summer bridge program was like how three of us will hang out. So it's myself, Renee and Dawn, rest her soul. Uh, yeah. we, we had a ball. Yeah, we did. Summer, summer bridge was fun. fun. <laughs> it was, it was, it was. It was a good intro to high school. I did, I did it. You know it what was. I remember too, side note. So, like, during the Summer Bridge program, y'all, it was just really us on, like, the high school campus. And the kids that had to go to summer school, and that's not really a lot of people. So it almost, like, made high school seem like it was going to be easy breezy. And <laughs> the school year started, and I'm just like, bruh, it's a lot of people <laughs> in this right. And I'm not used to seeing them like that. So I remember we were talking about, like, how the seniors or upperclassmen were kind of like bully freshmen, but we were oh, the yeah. kind of freshmen that really didn't look like freshmen. So like when people will find out, it's like, oh, you were first year. And it's just like, why are you acting big and bad? It's not that deep. And right. You, I remember we were in the cafeteria and you were like, yeah, these people be like completely out of line because in the <laughs> staircase, so the staircase in Jane Adams, which is the high school we went to, it was like a gate, but like the, the little diamond shape, like the barbed wire kind of, you can see through and then the yeah. students will be banging on it when freshmen will walk by and you were yeah. like, I don't get it. These people are just so dumb. And I'm like, just let it go. Like it was ignorant. Like, it's like, what's wrong with y'all? Like, we're all in the same high school together. Just because we the newbies don't mean nothing, you know? But apparently it does. That's life though. That is life. Yeah. So yeah. that's that that was our introduction to what real life is gonna be like. Like yeah, yeah. Entry level. <laughs> so they're gonna treat you. I have so many feelings around entry level because I'm a firm believer in being a rookie at things and like the vets teaching rookies, but also vets learning from rookies because new energy right. teaches you stuff. Don't Absolutely. Sleep on it. Like yeah, that's just that new energy teaches you stuff. So with that being said, Renee has these beautiful brown locks with honey blonde tips. So when did you lock your hair? So I locked my hair. Okay, funny story. So this is the story. So uh, I, this lock journey started um, August 6, 2019. So I'll be two years on August 6th. But right before that, in May, I started them mm -hmm. as well. So I started them with finger coils in May. Mm -hmm. And I like to wash my hair. I've always been like that. Even when I was a loose natural, you know, like once my scalp starts feeling itchy, I'm like, let's get in there and wash it. Mm -hmm. So with the finger coils, I ended up washing it about two weeks in. And I know like the normal um, thing that they say is to just kind of like let it go for a month without washing or messing with it because it could slip out and that's exactly what it did it slipped out mm -hmm. and I was trying to hold on to it for maybe like a week and I was like yeah it's not working out so mm -hmm. those ended up coming out so this this next journey August I, I've waited a little while I was thinking to myself maybe maybe I'm not ready 
<laughs> relaxed, you know? So I took a little break. I was like, I'll enjoy my hair for a little bit longer. Um, and then August 6th, I was like, you know what? I'm ready. Let me just go ahead and, and do it. And I did it with a uh, two strand twist at time. And of course it stayed in. I, I was able to wash it in the next two weeks and we were good. So, yeah. So when you said this lock journey, I was like, oh, so you tried it multiple times too? Yeah, just, just twice, just twice. <laughs> yeah, just twice. Me, I've tried it three times. And I like talking to people that have tried it multiple times because each time it's a different kind of thing that leads you back. So yeah. the second time around, what do you feel was different other than being able to wash it that made you feel like, okay, I could do this? So initially, the reason why I was blocking it in the first place was because, one, I have a baby, um, little little toddler. He'll be three in December. But at that time, you know, he was just kind of getting to maybe six months at that time. So May, yeah, he's about to be six months. So he was still pretty fairly young. Um, but once he was three months, my hair significantly started falling out postpartum shedding is real like mm. very very real I was like without edges um and so I was like okay and then I spent a lot of time on my hair mm-hmm. and I spent a lot of time on like learning new styles and stuff like that to do to my hair because most of the time I do my hair by myself so I'm like doing my box braids doing twists so anytime something new comes out, you know, now they have like the distressed locks or the yeah. butterflies, you know, locks. And mm-hmm. I would have probably been having all those styles because that's the kind of person that I was. I just like to switch up my hair a lot. So I knew how time consuming that was. And there was no room for that with the newborn baby. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have time to kind of do your hair. So, yeah. Yeah. So I definitely had it in my head. And I always said like, at some point when I felt like I was settled and done with like exploring my hair and doing different things with it that I would eventually lock it because this was always something that I wanted to do but I never felt ready until August 6th (laughs) I was like okay that is it like let's just go ahead and do what you need to do so yeah initially the the reason for starting it was definitely just the time that it would take to kind of like try to maintain my natural loose hair mm-hmm. and take care of a baby. I just didn't feel like that was something I'd be able to do. And, mm-hmm. you know, they say you, you let locks kind of do their own thing and mm-hmm. that's worked. I'm curious as to how much time you're saving hair wise now in comparison to before. Honestly, I think I'm not even gonna lie. Cause I now Okay, so in the beginning, I'm very particular when it comes to my hair. Like, I want it to be neat. Mm-hmm. And this is really a journey. Like, mm-hmm. they tell you there are so many phases of it. I loved my locks when I first started. It, I love them now still. Mm-hmm. But when it first started, you know, it's twist and my hair's curly. So once you wash it, it just looks like curly twist. It still looks nice. You know, I'm kind of like doing cute little styles, little buns and anything I could think of with it. And as time progressed, like, you know, it started to change its form. And I was like, okay, you know, really, I look a little rough sometimes. So in the beginning, I was spending a lot of time kind of retwisting it. I would retwist it often, make sure the front was looking neat all the time. Like, so I did spend a lot of time, but now 
significantly less time than I spent when I first started the log journey. So it's decreased because I've through the journey, I've learned to like embrace the frizz. I love it. Like, it's like, you know, one I've learned what works for my hair. There's different methods on like retwisting. I started off palm rolling and now I interlock because it lasts longer. I'm able to wash my hair more and Mm -hmm. it keeps it more maintained. Like once I wash it, it's not, you know, it doesn't look messy to me at least. Mm -hmm. So I'm comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. So I definitely feel like over time, it's definitely way less time than it was with loose natural hair, but over time it's become significantly less time than I used. I'm probably, I think this last time I retwisted in June and the time before that was April. So I was kind of like chilling for at least two months, like without doing anything and washing it is great for me. I love washing my hair. So that's not a big deal. And that really doesn't take a lot of time because you're washing your scalp and kind of rinsing it out and Mm-hmm. going about your business so it's I know for a fact it's definitely decreased the time that I've you know so, how much I'm not sure but a lot yeah. if that was a number mm-hmm. <laughs> so when you said embrace the frizz what came up for me um so when this was the second time I got locks this this most recent last time my hair was shorter but I remember in the second time I had locks they I started with comb coils and at that point, the guy that, that, that locked my hair um, had started to combine locks because some of my parts were like too thin and the lock looked funny. So like to avoid that it thinned or that the lock would grow into something heavy and pull on my edges, he started combining them. And one day it was raining and I didn't run for like cover. It was just like, eh, it's just water. Yes, yes. That's one of the things that I love. Like. Hmm. You just, you embrace everything. It's kind of like, it's good not to worry about your hair because that is like a significant concern for a lot of people. Just off the strength of like the way, you know, society makes you feel like that's what makes you beautiful. And, you know, you have to look put together all the time and things like that. So for me, I'm pretty sure my obsession over like keeping my hair neat is rooted in like you know all of that like feeling like society needs to make I need to be put together all the time I need to be neat and so just going through this journey with my hair has definitely like helped me to embrace yeah what what I look like naturally you know like not just neat slayed edges slicked back you know like just this yeah. is what my this is how my hair grows out of my head where it goes is where it goes so while it's doing its thing I'm doing my thing so you know it really definitely has helped that mm-hmm. it's definitely like revolutionary to just be in a world yeah. that tells you otherwise and you're like nope I'm not doing any of that yeah definitely it's definitely revolutionary to just be in that mindset in that headspace and model that consistently not just sometimes not for the grand but like to live that every day so Renee what do you notice because you mentioned when August 6th rolled around you were like okay now I have to do it so yes your baby boy is young at this point and this is going to free up some time so what do you feel motherhood has taught you about teaching natural hair care and more like modeling so with so with his name's Cairo. So with Cairo, um, 
I've since he was born, I've kind of like cared about his hair too. Just, you know, like oh, to make sure I keep his, his little hair curly and you know, I'm always doing and I'm just again with the neatness and mm-hmm. that's still something that's, you know, ingrained in me. So I always like to keep him looking kept like, you know, his hair is nice and done. So um, but I've noticed that I've had a lot of issues with him when it comes to washing his hair. Mm-hmm. And I think it might be like a sensory issue. Mm-hmm. So I decided in March that I was going to lock his hair as well. Okay. And so we started off, I started off his lock. So he has like his little braids and I've honestly like not obsessed over how kept he looks either. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely helped out with that. And I just felt like, so I know when I, in the past, before I was a mom, I used to say like, I would never like lock his, my, my kids hair because that's just selfish. Like I'm making a choice for him, for his hair to look how it looks and blah, blah, blah. But now I think differently about it because for me, I feel like I look like this. And mm. so when he sees me, you know, he, he'll see like, Ugh. okay, mommy's, mommy's hair looks like that. So it's cool. Mm. And honestly, if he sees like, you know, anything different and he wants that for himself I'm okay with that like I'm not like no we're gonna hold on to your locks because I've obviously I made the decision and I want him to love it just as much as I do and I'll teach him like you know different things when it comes to it like where it stems from the roots of it and stuff like that but if he feels differently as far as like what he he wants to Caesar or just cut his hair off whatever the case may be I'm okay with that because at least you know he knows what he wants for himself Mm. so just in modeling I just I look like this, you know, I look, I got locked. So hopefully, prayerfully, you know, he loves him just as much as I do. So like, essentially you're modeling the beauty that he reflects, which is his mother. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. And being in, being in your natural state, you know, just loving who you are as you are not allowing, you know, the things around you, what you see and what you think. Like personally, if he wants to change it because that's personally how he feels better mm-hmm. looking, then yeah. But if it's, you know, rooted in like, oh, so-and-so was laughing at my hair or so-and-so was saying, you know, then there comes the teacher moment for me to kind of like, you know, but my my hope is that I've taught him well enough that those things won't even affect him mm-hmm. when somebody else says something about his hair. Like, you know, he'll be able to defend himself like, uh, I'm a king. This is not a crown. Absolutely. You take it or leave it. You know, like that's it. So t- tell us more about Cam. Cause I, I see pictures of him and I'm just like, this is a child I haven't met in person yet. So it's like, I know him, I know of him, but I don't know him like you do. Yes. When it comes to like yes. this new journey for him, even and as a mom, what are you learning about your baby boy? So I'm learning a lot. <laughs> learn a lot about my baby and I'm learning a lot about myself because it's a lot mm-hmm. it is a lot so um Carol is busy <laughs> she is I mean most toddlers you know that's kind of the case already mm-hmm. but he's busy very busy very active um he's not talking yet so he is definitely speech delayed at the moment so that is definitely something that I've had to adjust to because he communicates non-verbally, like he can grab you. He wants you to come get something for him. He'll point to what he wants or whatever the case may be. I mean, he's babbling, like you'll hear him babbling all day, every day, but 
it's like baby Chinese, you don't know what he's saying. So, <laughs> you know, um, but so he's in speech therapy. I kind of like get people to work with him and stuff like that. But that's been a challenge because when you get pregnant, you have a kid, you're kind of like already expecting what the kid is going to kind of be like. Mm-hmm. And so you have to I'm try not to cry because yeah. this is like my first time actually speaking about this. So take your time. And I'm not crying because I'm sad. It's just, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like just to process, you know, when he was, when I was pregnant, it was kind of like, oh, I can't wait for him to get here. Then mm-hmm. when he was here, it was like, oh, I can't wait for him to walk. Then when he was walking, it's like, oh, I can't wait for him to talk. You know, so like, I'm still kind of processing it. Mm-hmm. Just because it's difficult. As a mom, you kind of think of like, what might I have done mm-hmm. to cause, like, did I not read to him enough or, you know, different things, mm-hmm. you know, different things. But for the most part, I know he's going to be like talking mm-hmm. soon because he's, you know, he models different things. He's yeah. making the sounds, he's doing the things, but it's just, it's a lot because Mm-hmm. if you talk if you bring them around other people they're kind of like oh how old is he you're like oh yeah he's two and a half it's like yeah oh he's not talking you know like oh he should be talking by now I wonder what happened to him like I've heard so many things like so and many that's things so insensitive because it's like everybody's journey is different right right so right. like to parallel this to something and I'm trying to like think of another example to take it away or not, not even, let's just kind of stay where we are, where like, you know, each child is going to develop differently, period, regardless of what we dream and what we think they're going to be doing by right. age. And it's like, it's almost like grieving what you thought was going to happen. Yes, and absolutely. then being present with what's actually happening, because absolutely. this is where your attention needs to be, not the shoulda, woulda, couldas, but this is my absolutely. baby, this is where he is, this is what he needs, let's stay here. You're there, but the world is not. So right, like you're right. out in the world and these questions come up, it's at least for me, like what I'm hearing is just like, mind your business. Let right. Him Most definitely. Right. Most and definitely. Do his process without your um your nose up in this space. Right, right, right. Because there's definitely there's definitely positive things. I won't, mm-hmm. you know, make it seem like there's only negative things that people say. I've had, you know, people say, oh he'll talk when he's ready you know like or fine it's fine my so my son didn't speak blah 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 blah. so you know I do have the people that are encouraging and kind of giving you like the positive feedback like it's okay nothing to worry about Mm -hmm. even though you still worry you know but for the most part it's just me within myself like just I'm I'm happy where I am because I'm actively making sure I provide him with all the tools he needs in order for him to actually, you know, get where he needs to go. I'm not like, as a psychology major, you know, I can't be oblivious to like, he's not talking right now, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, oh, he's fine. Like, uh, it's nothing. And then he's five years old going into school and now having issues, you know? So I'm providing him now with the resources in order for him to kind of like get to where he needs to be. And I'm 
100% positive that by the end of the year, he'll be where he needs to be. But it is a little, you know, it is a little frustrating sometimes just to be able, just to have to be around other people and mm-hmm. explain, you know, like you say hi to him. I'm not going to say hi to you back, but whatever, you know, like I have to constantly kind of explain those things. So that part of it is a little frustrating. But other than that, I mean, he's great. Mm. He's great. He's a great kid. He's, you know, fun. He plays all day. All he day. does. And I see it in he, your stories. All day. He all day. <laughs> it's so funny because he's like a little actor. He know he watches like movies and he can reenact the movie mm-hmm. without the words, <laughs> which is crazy. Like he's he's doing all the little actions and mm-hmm. his baby talk. He's talking his baby talk when the words are coming up on the screen. So, you know, he's my little actor in the making, I suppose, I don't know, but he's very, very, very fun. Like he, so much character for a little two-year-old. <laughs> he has a lot of character. So. I love that. Yeah. I think too, I wanted to add like in our society, there's so much emphasis on like milestones and where we should be by a certain point. Right. People miss the, the gems in like, nonverbal communication like being expressive is a gift and being able to not only say it but have your body match the words in a way someone else can also understand what's being expressed because something is one thing but that doesn't mean that comprehension is there but to express it is like well now I have multiple ways in which I'm teaching you I'm verbally saying it I'm visually showing you and right. my body language is showing more than like just the words because language is more than just words, but we harp on the talking part and it's like, right. oh, yeah, everything else is also there. Right. Because everything after. else goes away once people start talking, nobody's looking at anything else, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like just, mm-hmm. yeah. So, but yeah, he's, he's good. Other than he has a know. presence for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned you're a psych student. Share with the people what you're doing. So I am uh, working on my doctorate. (laughs) Funny story, you talked about this in Summer Bridge. I'm going to be a psychologist. Forever, ever, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. So I'm right now about to finish my master's. I should be doing master's at the end of the year and, you know, just continuing on into the doctorate. But yeah, I'm excited. I, this has definitely been a goal of mine forever, ever. So yeah, I am so excited about that. And I've learned a lot. Honestly, psychology has helped me because I've learned a lot about things that I wouldn't even, in relation to a kid, you know, like he's had multiple ear infections and I've read as I'm learning, because we, we learn about speech delay and like child diagnosis and, and language development, things like language disorders and things like that. So you know, a risk factor is ear infections, like that it can cause speech delay. So just learning things like that, it, it helps mm-hmm. with like, not blaming myself. Like, yeah. what did you do? You know, like, it's like, okay, there's so many factors that could have, you know, come into play in this situation, but it's easy for us to just like, look at ourselves because I don't know why we just put ourselves on this pedestal yeah. of like, we're in control of everything kind of thing. But you know, for me, it just helps me like look at the facts and say like, okay, well, 
here are some th- reasons why this could yeah. be happening other than you. Like you're obviously not, yeah. not the reason behind this. So yeah, so psychology has helped me in many ways, like learning myself, you know, like how I need to be um, as a mom. Mm-hmm. When I was pregnant, I, uh, you know, I went to therapy because I knew like I was already kind of like not in the best place when I got pregnant. So, you know, my goal was let me go to therapy because I want to make sure I'm the best mom that I could be like, I don't want to bring all of this emotional baggage that I have going on here into like me being a mother and becoming a mother was a crazy situation for me. Like I was nine months pregnant and my grandmother, basically like my mom, she passed away Mm -hmm. and that was December 2nd. Cairo was due December 15th. Mm -hmm. I planned a funeral for a week, I planned her funeral and I gave birth the date of her funeral. Mm. So it was kind of like, you know, instantly you have to go into survival mode because how can I be grieving when I have a whole entire newborn baby mm-hmm. that needs me? You yeah. know, so I kind of, that whole experience was uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I used the things that I know psychology wise just emotionally me knowing myself and things like that just to help me kind of navigate through life and deal with the things that I needed to deal with so being a mother I think kind of helped me learn a lot more things about myself because my my literally my focus is like you need to become the best person in order to be the best mom and in order for me to like teach him I have to learn right so my goal is like just to learn as much as I can mm-hmm. in all aspects in life, you know, like history, black history, you know, uh, mental health, um, you know, hair, like whatever it is, like in all facets, because once he does start talking, all the questions of why, why, why is going to be present. And I want to be able to answer as much as I can, you know, like I want to be able to tell him whatever it is that I need to tell him when he's asking me these questions, you know, or at least be able to find it with him, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? So I've been, it's really has pushed me into like mm-hmm. focusing on how I could be the best version of myself so that I could be the best person for my son. So yeah. I love that you said best and not perfect because like, I feel, so when, when you were sharing about like what the psychology field has been teaching you, like what came up for me was like grace because it's like, well, it's not just me. It's, first of all, right. it's not my fault. And it's not just me. There's so many reasons why this could be right. happening. So instead of focusing on the fault, let me focus on what I am able to do. And this is what you're actively doing, making sure he has everything he needs so that he can meet the goal, the overall goal. So like when I hear, when I heard you say, be the best version and not perfect, it leaves wiggle room for the ongoing learning. Because if you yeah. knew everything, you would do everything perfect. But that's right. not true, and that's not where we are. Right. And I understand that it's an ongoing process. I feel like initially when I was pregnant, I was in there like, and I was I was already like, mm-hmm. I'm going to say maybe seven months, six months pregnant by the time I got scheduled, you know, with like a therapist. And she was like, I'm a little scared to kind of go through all of this stuff with you because you're pregnant. Like, you know, I don't want to like take you through any emotionally stressful situations. And she was like, 
and I don't know if I felt like maybe in that moment this would be I'd be able to like fix me <laughs> real quick and yeah. I'd be good to go once I had the baby mm-hmm. but I think like going through that kind of taught me like all right well pace yourself because yeah. it'll take a little while but at least you know I felt like I kick-started it you know like I jump-started it right you know what you need to do like you found some you found out some new things about yourself you learned some some things that you might need to work on so let's start there and then you know progressively I'm continuously and actively trying to see all of the things that you know might trigger me what what things about my inner child I need to fix and you know what things I need to like unlearn and just work on just so that I'm not passing all of that trauma down to my son you know so I definitely yeah I just I just I I just know it's a continuous journey and that's the the biggest thing is to just know like the work is never going to stop you can get better, but you're not ever going to be like that. Like, all right, I'm at head of plateau. I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm great now. Like, no, it's, it's continuous. It's a journey. So it's not a, you know, not yep. a sprint. It's just a little marathon. Like, just keep running. So keep going. Yeah. Yeah. You said unlearn. So this segues to the conclusion of our interview for today. So we talked about natural hair, definitely lots motherhood for sure so I'm, I'm I don't want to box you into well just hair in general what do you feel like these past few years have taught you or what's something new that you've learned what's something that you're relearning and actively unlearning and in no particular order so I think the biggest thing that I can say um I've unlearned I'm unlearning mm-hmm. is my attachment issues mm-hmm. um and in regards to like you know just how I feel a bit about abandonment and where people should be like an entitlement on how people should be mm-hmm. um I think it's brought me to learn patience and grace and exercise more grace because um I have better understanding for people in general life has definitely humbled me <laughs> and you know like in places where I felt like people should have been available or done things the way I feel like they should have I don't anymore mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm more understanding like okay I could I could probably mm-hmm. get why you may have done this and I'm mm-hmm. I get it you know what I'm saying so I exercise a lot more grace I'm definitely learning patience because these locks have definitely <laughs> these thoughts have shown me like something that you may not necessarily like can become something that you love and patience is the biggest thing patience is the biggest thing that has taught me and my son Mm -hmm. my son definitely teach me patience because he's like you know he he requires a lot so it's like you got to have patience especially with him not talking you have to have patience so that's the biggest thing that I've learned over this time you know just patience So thank you so much for spending time with me today, Renee. Where can the people find you? Um, find me on Instagram, locked May, um, or it's in locked underscore NA3. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm on Twitter, you know, always May one on Twitter. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the places that I am. I'm not really on Facebook like that. I should be though, but I'm on Facebook, Renee Donahue. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to definitely add those links to the description of this podcast. And thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. This is an honor. I'm so 
proud and happy for your success and everything that you're doing. So I'm so happy to be a part of this. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.